The gospel today uses a word that I am not sure that we know what it means. And even when I have tried to define it, it um, it's not an easy word to define. The word is glorify. Now, I want you to think that word through. Because we use it quite a bit. You know, we use it in the glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men and women of goodwill. What does it, what does it really mean? Or when we say, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. I, I think it's something that um, goes against my grain. The, the, when I say migraine, it means the way that I think. I, the way I think is I don't like to say stuff that I don't know what it means. And when I say the word glory, and it's used in all kinds of different ways, but when I say the word, and especially in a religious context, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, well, I, I know a little bit better now um, because I've taken the time to research it. But I just want to spend some time with you talking about um, this word and what it has to do with the rest of the gospel. Because I, I think the link is, you know, the first part of the gospel is all about glorify. And the second part of the gospel is about the new commandment. So, first of all, let me deal with the word glory or glorify. The best understanding that I have ever heard, excuse me, my allergies have me uh, just really knocked for a loop today. Um, the, I learned most of what I know from uh, my good friend Stuart Federer. Stuart Federer is a rabbi. Um, I am <clears throat> I'm on the radio with him on Sunday nights. Um, me and a, if you don't know, me and, and a Baptist minister and a, a Jewish rabbi are on the radio from 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday nights on KNTH. It's 1070. And anyway, I asked him, what does the word, because the word glorify comes, is a translation of a Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word that is being translated into glorify is the word kavod. Kavod. Now, kavod has a very interesting meaning because the word kavod means weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, weight or substance, um, thickness, uh, something that is fairly weighty. And so I tried then, instead of using the word glory and glorified, I tried translating the word glory 
using the word wait. And in our regular prayers, for example, it says, glory to the Father. Well, how about wait to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit? Or how about wait to God in the highest? And it doesn't make sense. And then you take this one. The Son of Man is to be weight, given weight. God is given weight in Him. If God is given weight in Him, God will give Him weight in Himself, and He will give Him weight at once. Now, at first, it, what? It doesn't make sense. But just take a little step. And take a little step and ask yourself just one little question that when I asked myself that question, it, everything became clear. Whose opinion of you holds the most weight in your life? Whose opinion of you holds weight? Because whoever whosever opinion holds weight, that is the person you are giving glory to. If your boss, if your boss's opinion holds weight and you're willing to change, giving glory to him. Now, please understand, there can be different weights given to people. So I'm not saying that your boss's opinion should not hold any weight. Of course it does. The bishop's opinion holds weight for me. But the question is really, whose opinion holds the most weight? When, it, when you have to balance things out, who really holds the most weight? There's a, a scriptural there's a scriptural reference that hit me like a ton of bricks when I heard a priest uh, use it one time in reference to this. I always tease that I'm not Baptist, so I don't know. You, you could tell me something from Bible, and I know it's in the Bible, but I got to look it up. I got the my friend who's in the uh, radio with me. I, 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 I tell you, I, I can give him any Bible reference from the New Testament. He says, oh, sure, that's Luke chapter 3, verse 4. You know, I'm going, oh. uh, how do you know that? Well, there's, I only know one, one verse in the Bible. And I, I know that exactly where it is. And that's because it hit me like a ton of bricks. The verse that I know is John, Gospel of John, Chapter 5, verse 44. John chapter 5, verse 44. Jesus is speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he's about to use the word glory. But keep in your mind the word glory meaning weight. And Jesus says to the scribes and to the Pharisees, how can you believe if you seek the glory that comes from man 
and not the glory that comes from the one true God. Now, just take a moment with that sentence. How can you believe when you seek the glory that comes from man and not the glory that comes from the one true God? Now, he's using the word believe there in a very specific way. You can believe anything without much evidence and not give it too much weight. Okay? I have lots of beliefs that hardly hold any weight. But when Jesus is saying, how can you believe? He's talking about faith in the act of trust. And he's saying, how can you believe when you give more weight to people's opinions than to what God thinks of you? How can you believe? In other words, how can you put your, your, your life in trust in God? That's what belief means. I always like to say is when you say if you're going to have a, a surgery and your doctor comes in right before he puts you to sleep and they tell you something and then you say, I believe in you, doc. You're not saying he believes he exists. You believe he exists. You're saying... I'm okay to put my hands, my life in your hands. What Jesus is saying is to the scribes and Pharisees, how can you put your life in God's hands, belief, if you put more weight in the opinions that come from people and don't put any weight of the opinion that comes from the one true God? So, <clears throat> For me now, every time Mass begins, even tonight, as we're singing, glory to God in the highest, it always gives me a little bit of a wince because that word glory, I can't hear it anymore and just dismiss it as kind of Tinkerbell dust or some kind of honor to God in the highest. And it's always an interesting act of reflection for me that I, I have to ask myself, do I really give God the weight that he deserves in my life? Now, it's interesting because then Jesus goes on to say about he is being given weight. God is going to glorify him. What Jesus is really saying there is that the same weight that God has in himself, which he is doing things because his father has the most weight in his life, that his father is about to give Jesus that weight in history, he is going to become the central focus of history. You think about this. Even people who don't believe date the whole world, dates, dates everything from his birth. 
The man has weight in history. Now, whether he has weight in your life or my life, that's something else. But God has glorified him in himself. And then after Jesus says, basically, when God is glorifying him in himself, meaning I will be the most important human being in history. Then he turns to them and he says, I give you a new commandment. Now just stop right there. Who gives commandments? Suppose I came up to you and I said, I'm giving you a new commandment. I think you would kind of, okay, Father, what do you want? But you wouldn't take me seriously. Who, who, who gave you the right to give a commandment? And yet, Jesus is extremely serious. I give you a new commandment. It's not only ten commandments that there are. Here it is. I'm giving you the eleventh. And actually, it's a new one. I'm acting as my father. That's another way in which sometimes when people say, well, you know, Jesus never claimed to be God in the New Testament. I'm going, well, do you know why? Do you know why never, Jesus never claimed to be God in the New Testament? Because claiming to be God in the, in the time of Jesus was cheap. Every emperor claimed to be God. Caesar claimed to be God. The emperor of Babylon and Egypt, the pharaohs claimed to be divine. That was cheap. What Jesus is doing is he is not using the word, the generic word God. Because remember, the word God is a generic word. The word God was made up long before Jesus and long before the Israelites. There were all kinds of gods. So Jesus is not using the generic word. He is identifying himself specifically with the God of Israel. He's not saying, I'm like Caesar, or I'm like Pharaoh. He's spe specifically saying, I am That's it. I am. That's the name of God in the Old Testament. And who gives commandments in the Old Testament? Moses doesn't. Abraham doesn't. Nobody does. Except God. And all of a sudden you have this man not only saying, I am calling himself by the name of God of the Hebrews. But he is saying, not only I am, but I am giving you a new commandment. I'm giving it to you. God's not giving it to you. Why? Because I'm God. It's implied. I'm giving you a new commandment. And then... He's changing the definition of love. I, I really believe that Jesus knew how we were going to screw up the word love. I, I, I give a whole homily, I'm not going to give it now, on how we in English screw up the word love by 
you know, oh, I love chocolate, I love my car, I love this, I love that, I just love him, I just love her, I love you. God only knows how many ways. I fall in love, I fell out of love, all kinds of love, 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 love. You, t- you, t- you, t- you turn on the radio and everything is love, 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 love. And I think Jesus knew we were about to screw it up totally, not only in English, but in other words, in other languages. Spanish screws it up royally too. So Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm not telling you to love one another, however the heck you want to interpret that word. I'm telling you, love one another how I have loved you. In other words, he was saying, if you you have a Christian dictionary, look up the word love and the picture of Jesus is right there. Because he is the definition of the word love. Now put it together. If you say glory to God in the highest, and you mean it, that God in the highest has the most weight in your life, then he just gave you a new commandment. And so if you say he holds the most weight, that commandment and what he says should hold the most weight. I.e., do you want to be known as a Christian? It's not by your miracles. It's not by the rosaries you wear around your neck or how many flowers you bring to the Blessed Mother, nice as that is. It's about how you keep the commandment. I'm always impressed. Do you know, and I'll I'll shut up after this. Do you know that the word feelings is never used in in the New Testament? The word feelings is not mentioned in the New Testament. When Jesus says, if you love me, bring me flowers. No. If you love me, keep my commandments. Don't be religious. If you want to be religious, fine. Be religious. But keep my commandments. There's all kinds of people that are extremely religious and don't keep the commandments. Who do you think crucified Jesus? the most religious people in Jerusalem, the scribes and Pharisees. They were religious. Jesus reserved his most stinging criticism for them, the religious people. You scribes and Pharisees, you you travel the land and sea to make a convert, and when you're finished with them, they're twice as fit for hell as you are yourselves. Don't forever forget, religion can be a force of good, but it can also turn you into a, turn you into a devil. The devil is very religious, by the way. The issue is, do you keep the commandments? If you love me, keep my commandments. And that's the main commandment that he gave us. Love one another as I have loved you. That has to have the greatest weight in your life.